0: Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast. This is Pastor Derry. Today we have a great message for you by ALWC Pastor of International Ministry, Pastor Edward Anderson. And the title of today's message is Mammon Must Fall. I want you to listen in, take notes, and I'll talk with you at the end of the broadcast. You have
1: your Bibles. I want you to turn to Luke 16. One of my precious sisters said, it, uh, Pastor Edward, slow it down. <laughs> so it, Pastor Edward is going to try to slow it down. Now you all know I speak three languages fluently. English, tongues, and ebonics. <laughs> so we don't know what we're going to get today. We're going to get the word for sure. My title If you need a title, it's uh, Mammon Must Fall. Mammon Must Fall. Mammon Must Fall. If you put that first slide up, Mammon Must Fall. Ah, there we go. Praise the Lord. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 16. We're going to begin reading in verse 1 through 13. Luke 16, verses 1 through 13. And if you don't have your Bibles, you can see it on the screen back there. And it reads, and he said unto his disciples, there was a certain rich man which had a steward. And the same was accused unto him that had wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest no longer be steward. He's about to get the boot. He about to get fired. Then the steward said within himself, uh, What shall I do? For though my Lord taketh away my stewardship, I cannot dig. To beg I am ashamed. I am resolved what to do, that when I am put out of stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his Lord's debtors unto him, and said unto the first, How much owest thou unto my Lord? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. And he said unto him, Take thy bill, sit down quickly, and write fifty. He want to give discounts out now. Ain't his money, but he want to give discounts. Then he said unto the other, How much owest thou? And he said, A hundred measures of wheat. And he said unto them, Take thy bill and write fourscore. And the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely, for the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. I want to stop right there on that verse. He said the children of the world are wiser than the children of light. If he said that, that means that there must be two fathers involved here. They got to be a father of the world and the father of light. Go to John chapter 8, verse 44. I may go kind of fast. You have to write them down, okay? You have to write them down. You have to write them down. John 8, 44. The children in this world are wiser than the children of light. Who are the children in this world? Well, it says in verse 44, you are your father, the devil. So the children of this world got a father and his name is the devil. But in Galatians 4, 6, he says that, and because you are the sons, God has sent forth his spirit Unto his sons into our hearts, and we crying, Abba Father, or Father Father. So he got the children of this world and the children of light. Now, I don't get too excited because at one point in time, you were the children of the world too. Oh, yeah, you were. And so was I. We all hung out together. Let me give you proof text Psalm 51. Verse 5 says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. (laughs) That little cute child you had? Yeah. Shapen in iniquity, and in this sin my mother conceived me. Well, if you don't believe that one, then Job said this, and I I think this is very powerful. Job 14.5. Not Job, but Job. Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean thing? Not one. If my mom was unclean, how could I come out clean? Because we all came from that kingdom at one time. We all had to be translated out of darkness into the kingdom of his glorious light. If those two didn't get you, I know Romans 3.10 will get you. For all have sinned, Right? but it says there's not one right, there's no, not one. So are we clear? Yeah. We were in the kingdom of the world, now we in the kingdom of light. I want to ask you a question. How many like a good movie? I mean a good movie yeah. with a happy ending, yeah. you know? I want you to put up that, that, that slide for me real quick. The number three, I think it's number three. A good movie, not a bad movie. A good movie sometimes has a happy ending. Sometimes you go to the movie and at the ending like, is that all? And you're wondering, what in the world? Well, here's my movie upstairs. You probably can't see this that well, but I'm going to demonstrate our movie. To our far left, the Alpha. And to my far right, the Omega. That's who he is. He's the Alpha and the Omega. And see, to my far left, you see a throne right there. That's what he occupies, a throne. Now on that throne, he's not moving. Ah, y'all missed that one. I said, on that throne, he's not moving. He's eternally seated there, and no one is going to move him out the way. He's not like our president. See, our president gets voted in. He didn't get voted in. He's always been here. He's the uncreated creator. (laughs) Uncreated creator. (laughs) But then he had some people who was assigned to worship him. They do it every day. But there was one rascal... (laughs) <laughs> call Satan, you can call him the devil, Beelzebub, lord of whatever you want to call him, at one time his name was Lucifer. Lucifer. Go to Isaiah chapter 14. Put up that next slide for me please. Lucifer. Lucifer. In that graph, you saw that there was certain phases we were going through in time. God says, I declared the end from the beginning. Then he put us in time and space. Isaiah 14, verses 12 through 16. You're waiting for the preaching now, right? I'm getting there. Hold your horses. There you go. Isaiah 14, verse 12. It reads simply, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which did what weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven, and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, I will sit also upon the mountain of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will be like the Most High. Uh Uh-oh, he made a mistake. Yet thou shalt be cut, brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee, and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble? And did shake the kingdom. You're going to see him say, he did this? Now the biggest mistake he made was when he said that I will exalt my throne. Now we know that God says that before you call, I will answer. Before Satan put that thought in his mind, he was already out the door. Even before he even said the rest of that sentence, he was was coming out. But when he came out, he landed where? In the earth rim. And when he came down here, he had a name change. He became Satan. Go to Ezekiel chapter 28. Ezekiel, Old Testament. If you go to your right, you won't miss it. Ezekiel chapter 28, beginning in verse 12. Are you there? Son of man, take up thy lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou fillest up the sum, full of wisdom, and perfect in beauty. This is describing Satan. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering: the Sardus, topaz, the diamond, beryl, onyx, and the jasper, sapphire, emerald, carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tablets and thy pipes were perp- prepared in thee in the day thou wast created. So it's saying here that this man, this angel, was assigned for worship and praise as well too. Some say that he was the orchestra leader in heaven. Now, I got a little sidebar I want to talk about real quick on that. Can I do that? Yeah, you haven't noticed that in churches, I've been growing up in church all my life all my life. And one thing I've noticed about churches, the choir always being challenged. (laughs) Always. You know why? Satan. He hates to hear praise and worship. That's why I'm trying to get you guys to understand how powerful praise and worship really is. And you know what he did? He said, when he got cast out, it said he drew a third of the angels with him. I'm on my sidebar still. So when I grew up in churches, the musicians left, the choir director left, and they drew everybody with him. One day I'll catch that one. That was my sidebar. Because Satan likes to draw people with him. He drew a third of the angels with him. Now, so when Satan was cast out, he took on an alias name. (laughs) Alias means false assumed identity. False or assumed identity. Go to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. <laughs> Lucifer. Now, my title was Mammon Must Fall, but you gotta understand who's controlling Mammon. And I gotta show you who's controlling Mammon. Let me put up slide five, please. Are you there? Genesis chapter 3. There we go, Genesis chapter 3. We're going to begin reading in verse number 1. Are you there? And it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You should not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. First thing wrong there is that she had a conversation with the serpent. Serpent. Now think about it. If you read your Bible very carefully, it says that God brought all the animals to Adam and he named them. Why didn't the serpent try to entice him while he was naming them? Satan has timing sometimes. He looks for an operative moment to seize on you. Let, let, let's look at the original text of what serpent is. Serpent. It means a slickster or a trickster. <laughs> but I want to go over here where it says he comes to hiss, to whisper. He comes to hiss and to whisper. Some of the text says, in the original text says that he puts a spell on people. So when he draws you in, he's going to hiss to get your attention, and then he's going to try to put a spell on you to get you off what God is trying to say to you. Hiss. Go to uh, 2 Corinthians 11.3. 2 Corinthians 11.3. Let's see if he uh, tricked Eve out of her position. Are you there? You guys are fast today. I like that. Boy, y'all some Bible students. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Are you there? It says, But I fear lest by any means as a serpent beguiled Eve through subtlety so your mind should be corrupt from the iniqu- simplicity that is in Christ. Go to slide six. Beguile. We don't use that word in everyday vernacular. Right? We use words like, he tricked me. I was bamboozled. I was hoodwinked. <laughs> and I said earlier, the servant came to hiss and to beguile. Watch this. In the original text, it says that to to entertain, to amuse, or delight. That's beguile. But up here, watch this, to bewitch, spellbind, dazzle, or hypnotize. So God is saying that when the serpent came to Eve, he was using a hissing noise. He beguiled her, which means to mesmerize her. Spellbound her and to seduce her into getting out of God's perfect will. In Revelation 12, 9, it says that the enemy comes to do what? Deceive us. Deceive. Watch this. It means to mislead, to dope, to fool, to outwit. So he comes to beguile and to deceive us. That's why in the book of Matthew, Christ said, Do not be deceived. Deception is going to be one of the spirits unleashed, and it is right now upon the church because he's trying to get us out of God's perfect will through deception. So Satan comes to us to deceive us into serving him. <laughs> I'm going to go back to Luke. You say, "What were you at? And I'm going to read the latter part of that in Luke 16. I'm picking up on verse 9. And I say unto you, make to yourselves friends of mammon of unrighteousness, that when ye fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitation. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in that which is least is unjust also in much. If therefore you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you true riches? I'm in Luke now, 16. And if you have not been faithful in which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Now this is the operative verse. No man, no woman can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to one and despise the other. You cannot, it's impossible to, serve God and mammon. Mammon must fall. You can't serve two masters because you give devo- allegiance to one and cheat on the other one. Brothers, hold your hand up. Brothers, 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 brothers. You know when you were in the world, y'all had three and four girlfriends? Right. Remember that? And you were trying to juggle them around? You can have devotion to all of them. <laughs> right? You can't serve two people. Right. That's why God said marriage is between one man and one woman. You become one flesh. How can you divide it up? You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon must fall today. Mammon must fall. In creation, God assigned angels to worship and serve God and be servants of men. Go to Hebrews chapter uh, 1. Again, in creation, God assigned angels to worship and serve God and be servants of men. You know, I believe Satan heard that conversation. And he didn't want to be our servants. And he got a little upset at the praise and worship. And he said, I refuse to serve men. And God said, you got to go. Hebrews chapter 1. You get it in verse 6. You there? And again, when it bringeth forth the first begotten into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. Who? All the angels of God worship him. And of all the angels, he saith, Who make his angels spirits and ministers a flame of fire. Verse 14. Are they are not ministers of spirit sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Verse fourteen. So again, the angels' job was to do what? Worship, praise, celebrate God, and serve Him, but also serve us. And Satan did not want to serve us. So what he tries to do, he tries to use mammon as a slick route for us serving him when you find out what mammon is. If that's the case, Satan pulls a service, he's defeated him before he start. He's our servant. But he tricked Eve and Adam, who were the federal head of the human race, and they relinquished their dominion. But guess what? Jesus came back and gave it back to us. Woo! He came back and gave it to us. So now we rule and reign in Christ's stead. So the Christ's doing it, we should be doing it. But again, Beelzebub tries to trick you out of who you are. He knows he's defeated because Calvary says so. But now he comes to us to do what? To beguile us to deceive us, thinking that we don't have power over him. So since Satan didn't like those arrangements, he said, you know what? I got to reverse that order. I got to change it somehow. Go to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. Now guess what, y'all? It's two sides. that mean I got a part one and part two? Now I want to go real slow so you can see how mammon is trying to rule you. Matthew chapter 4, verse 8. You there? And again, the devil takes him up into an exceedingly high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Your internet can do that to you today, right? Just pop it on, it can show you everything around the world. And he says to him, all these things I will give thee if thou shalt fall down and worship me. All he wants you to do is serve him and give him praise. But you cannot serve God and mammon. But he got a a scheme that he does to get you to serve him. But you cannot serve God and mammon. Can you put slide three back up again, please? When Satan came out, kicked out of heaven, he had rulership, and he does now in the earth realm. So if you look at the very top of the slide here, it says Satan right there. See that? We call him the God of this world. The world system. Go to 2 Corinthians 4.4. I told you a lot of scriptures today. I'm taking my time. I'm going slow. I'm turning slow. I'm turning slow. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. If you can't get it, write it down, okay? And it says, in whom the God of this world, let's say it again. It says, in whom the God of this world, Satan is the God of this world system. He's not ruling the universe. Don't get it wrong. He just got a system that he's ruling in the earth realm. He's the God of this world. System. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, it says that he's the prince and power of the air. And there's a spirit that works in the children of disobedience. But I want to show you something. I want to show you something. Go there, please. Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to begin in verse 2. If I start a scripture, I guarantee everybody in this room will quote it. You ready? I'm going to say the scripture, and I guarantee you, you guys are going to quote it for me. Be not conformed to this world. Keep going, a little louder. Uh-huh. But be ye transformed by the removal of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Right? Okay. Be not conformed to this world. Satan wants to conform you to this world. Now remember I said before, at some part in your life, you were part of his kingdom. Ephesians chapter 2. Wherein times pass. Talking to us now. Ye walked according to the course of this world. See, we walked in his patterns at some point in our life. So then God, you know what? He translated us out of that kingdom into his kingdom. But guess what? Satan is still in hard pursuit of you, even though you're in God's kingdom. But he has to deceive you or trick you into believing that you're not walking in victory. Go to slide number seven. In every age... In every era, you got to make choices in life. you got to make a choice in life. In the earth, you are not neutral. Either you're serving God or you're serving the other guy. You're not neutral. There's no middle ground. You're not doing your own thing. You think you are, but I guarantee he's controlling you if you're not a child of God. Now I put up my favorite game called chess. And nobody likes the little small pieces, if you don't know about chess. Little small piece, it's called a pawn. Nobody wants to be a pawn. Everybody wants to be the king. Everybody wants to rule. Everybody wants to reign. But in God's kingdom, only one king. I didn't hear enough amens. Okay, now we know. In God's kingdom, Only one king. You can be a bishop. You can be a castle. You can even be a queen if you want to. But you're not going to be the king. You're not going to be the king. And nobody wants to be the pawn. Because the pawn, even the word sounds like, oh, I'm a pawn? (laughs) Nobody wants to be a pawn. But I heard the word says that God has placed us in the body as it has pleased him. God has put you where you're at. Now you guess what? This pond, this little small pond right here, if it's maneuvered just right, it can become a queen. It can be put around different places. And sometimes you don't want to go there while God's trying to lead you on the board. Because it's not comfortable for you. It don't feel right to you. I want to do my own thing. Joshua chapter twenty four. I want to do my own thing. This is God business. I want to work where I want to work. I want to do what I want to do. I, I, that's what I thought too. That's what I, I really did. I, I was in, I got out of college. I was like. I'm gonna give me. I had a great job, y'all. I worked in the Silicon Valley, and I had options. First company I worked for was IBM. Then I went to Hewlett-Packard. Then I went to Applied Materials. I'm like, I got this thing. I'm, I got it made, y'all. I got money, so I thought. Then God stepped in, because you know what? I'm a pawn. He said, "Son, leave this job." You know what I said? Get thee behind me, Satan. Because it don't look right for you to leave a job that has that income that you've always been praying for. <laughs> but we saw earlier that he can give it to whomsoever he will. All he wants you to do is get out of the center of God's perfect will. And when God told me to leave that job, I left kicking and screaming and crying. Because it didn't make sense, y'all i just about to get married. i like, Lord, I want to get a house. Everybody want a house, right? But I left a job making a lot of money. I got bonuses, kickbacks, y'all. And I left that job to go to a job making $6.50. Yeah, that's what I said too. I said, Lord, this can't be you. This, This can't be God. Why would God... Have his lovely servant leave a wonderful job like that? Because the just gotta live by faith. Now I'm not telling you leave your job. I'm telling you what God told me to do. <laughs> Don't pack up and leave. <laughs> you pack it up and leave your house too. Don't leave. I'm telling you. What, see, God had positioned me in a place where He said, "Ed, I want you to live this way, but I'm gonna give you things in life." I had to believe God for that. He said, I'm gonna take you places that you thought only that job could take you. I left that job, I've been around the world, y'all. I've been to places that like, I cannot believe this. My wife and I have been on a vacation one time. We went to a hotel, and I'm gonna tell you, I guess it's only for rich folks. There are places in the world you go to, they don't have price tags on stuff. (laughs) On the menu, there's no prices, y'all. I'm telling you. So we, we were invited guests, by the way. We were invited guests. So we get there. We sit down. My wife's sitting in front of me. Open the We want to have a good time. She opened the menu. I opened the menu. We look at the menu. I look at her. She look at me. Ain't no price on the menu. I'm like, baby, you ready to wash some dishes? But God is true to his word. He said, Whatever you thought you was going to do working that job, I'm going to give it to you, son. And he did. You know, I can fly anywhere, world I want to because of what God put me at. Listening to God. And it was a blessing for my family as well, too. Sometimes you don't understand why God is orchestrating the events in your life, putting you in this neighborhood, taking you over here. But the just must live by faith. And not by sight. I, I said six fifty, Lord. I can't buy no. I can't even buy a bucky with six fifty. How I to buy a house? I can't. Yeah, I can build it for an apartment. We talking about God, y'all. So my wife and I, we got this, this habit. We have to go looking at houses, looking at houses. We just love it. That's something we do. That's our pastime. So we found this house in the Oakland Hills, and we thought that was our house. Every day we would do picnics in the backyard because we thought that was our house. We went to a house we thought we could afford. You know what God said to us? Nothing. Not one word. Because we like to go places we think we, this is what we can afford to do. And then we left Oakland because we couldn't afford Oakland, going out to Vallejo, went to Antioch, all these places because we said we can afford those places. But my heart wasn't there. So God said, write what you want down. We wrote it down. We put it before the Lord. And all of a sudden, the door opened up. We got our house in Oakland. Because everybody kept saying, you can't afford Oakland. And guess what? I started listening to them. I can't afford Oakland. But guess what? My God will supply every need according to his riches and glory. Not your riches, not your bank account. We look at what we have. You need to look at what God has for you. And see, that's what mammon tries to do. He's trying to trick you, say, you know, you got to do this to get you off course. Mammon. Mammon. What is mammon? Well, in order to understand what mammon is, let me define what verse 11 said. It said unrighteous mammon. If I ask you what mammon is, most of you guys will say money. Wouldn't you? You say, oh, mammon is money. Let me tell you what unrighteous mammon is. It's money or material things that are not submitted to the God and his purposes. That's definition one for unrighteous mammon. Second definition is position or material resources that are not used, that are used in the wrong way. Unrighteous mammon. I believe when God blesses us financially as a believer, we should leverage our resources and position for the kingdom of God and his expansion. So when Jesus talks about mammon, Jesus said, you cannot serve God and mammon at the same time. Okay, let's look at mammon then real quick. Okay. So I'm going to give you three ways to look at mammon. Three ways. And I'll go real slow here. You got your pen and paper? So let's look at mammon in three ways. First, look at mammon from an economic perspective. From Economics. Look at mammon as economically as you can. Okay? So we're going to look at mammon from economic perspective. Secondly, we're going to look at mammon from a historical perspective. And thirdly, we're going to look at economics from a spiritual perspective. You got that? So first, economically. Secondly, we're going to look at it historically. And thirdly, we're going to look at it spiritually. So mammon is a system... It's the economics that is opposite of God's way of doing things. Sometimes you may hear pastors say the Babylonian system. Babylonian system. This system is starkly contrast to God's system. Let, okay, let me give you an example. Go to Deuteronomy chapter fifteen, real quick, real quick. Deuteronomy chapter fifteen. Babylonian system and God system. You there? Matthew 15. I'm sorry. Something good there too. Deuteronomy 15. Deuteronomy 15, verses 1 through 4. When you get there, say amen. Oh, y'all quick today. Y'all like that. Now, we have the Babylonian system or Satan system, and then we have God system, right? This is God's system. At the end of every seven years thou shalt make a release. And this is the manner of the release. Every creditor that lendeth aught unto his neighbor shall release it. He shall not exact it of his neighbor or his brother, because it is called the Lord's release. Of a foreigner thou mayest exact it again, but thou which is thy thy brother, uh, thy hand shall release it. Save when there be no poor among you. So, look, God said in his kingdom, he had a a release every seven years. You owe somebody, every seven years, it was released. I dare you go to the bank and do that right now. They laugh at you. Satan's system is not like that. Matter of fact, he want to charge you interest for years on something that costs very minimal. That's his system. And I know somebody going to say, "Well, God don't want to be poor in the land. He doesn't. That's not God's perfect will for poverty. Poverty is not God's perfect will. Even though He said you will have the poor always with you, you know why? Because of mammon. Because of that system that's set up to keep the world impoverished. That's why you'll have the poor with you always, not because that's God's plan or purpose." Not his plan or purpose. Do you ever wonder why it seems like those other folks got all the money? I'm talking about Satan's kids. Yeah. Is that clear enough for y'all? Yeah. Okay, good, good. Y'all look at me like, what? You ever ask that question, Lord, why is it that way? There's a prophet named Jeremiah. Go to Jeremiah chapter 12. He had the same question in his mind that we have in ours. Why does it seem like they don't struggle? Why does it seem like they get all the stuff and we just barely making it, walking it down, barely making it boulevard? Is that the truth? Okay, that's true, Shoot, Come on now. You there? Jeremiah 12. It says, this is Jeremiah, right art thou, O Lord, when I plead with thee, let me talk with thee of thy judgments. Here's a little subtle way of trying to get in good with God because he want to talk to him about this money thing. Wherefore do the way of the wicked prosper? Now, Jeremiah's a prophet, y'all, but he's asking the same questions that we ask. Lord, why is it they, they're doing so well? It got to be because of mammon. He controls the wealth of this world system. You don't believe me? Watch this. There are 2,208 billionaires in the world today, and very few serve God. With all the economic crisis in the world, wealth has not diminished at all. They're spent every year $1.7 trillion on global military but we got homeless. Okay. I put up there earlier that the enemy tries to trick us, right? And, and, and to get us to believe certain things. But also it says there entertainment is one of those things he uses as well too. Now, this year alone, the World Cup, you know what the World Cup is? A little soccer ball. Woo! A little soccer ball, right? They spent $1.9 billion on soccer. Mammon must fall. Mammon must fall. Put up slide 8 for me. In my travels, I had a bucket list of places I wanted to go to. So I got a chance to go, and I went several times. And I went to this place called Dubai. Dubai. Because I got to see how these folks live. I heard about it here, but then I got to see what was going on. That right there, it's called the Burj Khalifa. Can anybody imagine how much that costs? One building. I'm going to tell you. $1.5 billion for a building. Mammon must fall. And nobody says anything about that. But if the church get a little money, everybody got something to say against it. You know why? Because mammon must fall. Go to slide number nine. Now, that thing right there, when I saw it, I was like, that ain't real. It can't be real. So we're on this yacht next to that one. I'm not on that one. I'm not on that one now, no, 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 no. But I can see it, because I'm on this yacht over here. So I asked the guy, I said, how much does that cost? He laughs at me. Because really, billionaires will ask the kind of questions. I, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. He said, that yacht right there, just sitting at Harbor, costs $100 million, $101 million. I said, zoop my suit. <laughs> 101 Oh, Lord. So they took me shopping. They took me shopping, y'all, right? And I got a fetish, and I must admit it right now. I love watches. I, I, I Man, I, I got plenty of watches. I love watches. So the guy took me to the mall. He took me to the mall, right? He said, try that watch on. I said, that one? Now keep in mind, some place don't got no price tag on it. So I go in the mall, y'all. I saw that watch. Nothing fancy about it. He said, try it on. So I put it on, y'all. I looked at it like, oh, okay, looked pretty good. I said, how much you it cost? He said a million dollars. I said, hell, you better take that back. <laughs> oh, for a watch. One million dollars for a watch. Mammon must fall. Mammon wants to dictate who has and who doesn't have. Mammon has to fall. Let me tell you something. In the garden, you read it in your Bible when you get home. When God put Adam there, he put gold in the earth for man. Why did he put all that gold for one man? He knew we gonna need some resources in the earth for him, saints. But our job is to get on God's system and not Satan's system. Mammon must fall. So mammon has, from an economic system, it has a moral side and an illegal side. Got that? From an economic situation. From a moral side, y'all probably heard me say before, we got to buy and sell. We got to buy and sell, right? You got to buy and sell. You buy and sell, right? Nothing immoral with that system at all. Buying and selling, buying and selling, buying and selling. Then it has another side to it, it's the illegal side. And that side says that in order for me to get ahead, I got to cheat and steal. I got to cheat and steal. I got To get ahead in this world, I got to cheat and steal. That's the other side of economics in that system, the illegal side. So you're buying and selling, we all got to buy and sell. Nothing wrong with that system at all. But he wants to trick you to say, okay, in order to get ahead, you got to cheat and steal. You got to cheat from God a little bit. You're stealing from God and, you know, you got to keep your own stuff. Cheating and stealing to get ahead. Cheating and stealing. Cheating and stealing. That's what mammon tells us. So when you operate in that system, just the way it's set up, people think that I got to cheat and steal to get ahead. And that system is totally opposite of God's system. God's system says in order to get ahead, you got to sow and reap. Sow and reap. You got to give and receive. Give and receive. In order to get ahead in God's system, you got to sow and reap and give and to receive. That's God's economic system. But Satan wants to make you think that you got to do something differently to get ahead in that system. And he's going to trick you to believe in that as well, too. Many years ago, many years ago, there was this thing going around, and it hit the churches. You know what it was? You know what it's called? Friends helping friends. Uh, let me explain to you what it, where it came from. Friends helping friends. What it was was somebody came to the church and said, hey, it's a program. If you get this kind of money, you'll wind up with this kind of money. Well, it should have never gotten to the church to begin with because why? He tricked them to get it in there. Friends helping friends came from a culture outside of the United States, in Asia. They always helped each other out. But when it came to the church, people got in, got their money, and jumped right off. So guess what? Now people got stuck behind that stuff. See how Satan, he's very subtle in his tactics. You know, I love golf, right? I love golf. Y'all know that, right? And I go play golf, and I play with guys who do not know Jesus. Well, put it this way. They in the first seat. Remember the first seat? They in the first seat. Okay. They in the first seat. So my neighbor will say, you know, Ed, we always gamble. I, say, I don't gamble. I don't gamble. He said, Ed, but a couple of pastors are coming along too. They don't know I'm a pastor. I don't say that. I just call them, I said, my name is Edward. That's it. So we all get to the first tee box, and they put their money in. They put their money in. Everybody put their money in. So my neighbor said, "Edward don't gamble. He a pastor. <laughs> the other pastor go like, whoo. I said, hey. I said, hey, 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 hey. Don't worry about me. Don't worry about me. God sees you. Don't worry about me. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to play golf. I'm here to play golf. You hear me? Now, I'm going to tell you something. Can I be honest with you? Because sometimes I'm a little down on my money. My cash down a little low, right? And I know I can beat these rascals. I know I can beat them. So every once in a while, I'll be like, oh, no, Jesus, no. Because mammon wants to entice us sometime to do something outside of the will of God. To get us off God. Let me tell you something. I said something last year prophetically. I said God is about to release stuff to his believing ones. Those he can trust. If you've been going through this valley right now in your life where it's a dry spell economically, he's going to turn the tables for you. I'm telling you that prophetically. God's about to turn the tables for you guys. If you've been faithful over that which is least, he's going to give you much more. I guarantee you that. Because God is faithful and true to his... If you've been struggling... Financially, God is about to turn things around for you. And you can always tell because every time God gets ready to bless you in any area, there's always a severe attack. Anytime God about ready to bless you in any area of your life, you're attacked in that area. Mm. I want you to let that marinate for a while. Now, your job is to fight the good fight of faith. Don't stop doing what God tells you to do, because it will surely come to pass. God, one thing I know for sure, God cannot lie. If God said it, you can take it to the bank. Just take it, I owe you to the bank and say, hey, God said that, it's coming in there. Because God cannot lie. God cannot lie, saints. I can't finish the message right now, but I'm going to stop right here. And I want you guys to just go before God when you get home tonight. Tell him what you need. He already knows. Think about it. That's why we pray. He already knows what we need before we ask him. But he still say pray. I want you to write out some stuff before God. Dare to believe him for it. Put it on the altar and watch what God does. You know, I had this wild, this is wild, y'all. I can fly free anywhere I go to almost. But I said, Lord, let me see if this really works. Let me see if this really works. I don't want to go commercial anymore. I don't want to fly commercial. I want to fly one-time private jet. Just one time, Lord. Did we do it, baby? We did it. God answers prayers, y'all, because God told me, he said, whatever you thought you were going to lose having that job, I'm going to give it to you. Whatever you thought you were going to lose, I'm going to give it to you. I go places now, it's like, people are like, you've been there? Yeah, I've been there. Because God was faithful. And let me tell you about them jobs in Silicon Valley. They dried up. Almost all of them dried up like a whistle. Woo, they dried up, all of them. But see, God knew that. Even though I had to start all over again, making six fifteen an hour, I'm still in that same job right now. Because God knew that the valley would dry up sometime, and what you thought was just so perfect for you, Edward, it wasn't perfect at all. You know why? Those lion eyes. Sometimes we don't see the way God wants us to see. All we see is right in front of us, and that's why I always say, pray, God, give me revelation. Let my eyes begin to see the way you see things. Even when it comes to sickness in your body. (laughs) I I know the doctor, he's gone to school for like eight, nine years, and everything he tells you on that report, it looks true. I said, it looks true. But even sometimes they lie because they don't know the God you serve. God is a miraculous God, saints. God has something for you that you can't even comprehend. Eye has not seen, ear heard, the things that God has in store for those who believe him. I'm telling you right now, your struggle is about to be over. If you believe, your struggle is about to be over. Economically, your struggle is about to be over. And I'm going to give you proof text. It says that he told the children of Israel, go borrow from the Egyptians. So they went and got all their stuff, all their stuff, and he left with their stuff. A divine transfer. They went from being poor to millionaires overnight. I know you say, oh, that was back, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever, what he did in the past, he'll do for us right now. But the only thing God is trying to see, though, is will you forget him? Last scripture, I said this was it. Go to Deuteronomy. Go to Deuteronomy. I know you put your Bibles away. I'll write it down. I'll read it to you. I'll read it to you. When God was taking them out of bondage into the promised land, he said one statement that's very important. So I'm telling you the same statement that God told them, I'm telling you right now. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, I'm beginning reading in verse number 7. And it says, For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water and fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of oil, olive, and honey, A land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. You barely making it? He said, they're going to eat without scarceness. And thou shalt not lack anything in it. A land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. When thou, this is the key, watch this now. Because sometimes when we get stuff, we forget about God. I was saying to get real slow. Get, I said, sometimes when we get stuff, church becomes like, you know, I'll do it next week. Church, uh, I'll, get next, next, I'll go to church next month. When thou hast eaten and are full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Operative the verse right here. Beware. Why would God tell them to beware? Because God knows the human heart. Sometimes, I'm not saying God puts you uncomfortable, but God allows you to be in an uncomfortable situation so you can stay with him. Because once you've got abundance, peace out, Jesus. And then, you go, then all of a sudden, you lose your job. Oh, Jesus! Oh, oh, Jesus! Jesus, Jesus, oh, Jesus. And then you get back again in the good graces of God. He blesses you again. Peace. That is the truth, isn't it? It's sad, but it's true. You know, what parent Give their kids everything, and the kid just darts away, and you're happy about it. And don't come back and say nothing to you. Not even a thank you. Well, how do you think God feel? You think he don't have the feelings that, my child. When Adam said, he said, Adam, where are you? God loves Intimacy. He, he loves intimacy. He loves for you to come in for his presence. But sometimes, mammon, when you get it, you want to do other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You want to be entertained by other stuff. Yeah, right. Jesus, who, who is that? You forget about who Jesus is. <laughs> so your struggle is about to come over. But he's saying, beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in keeping his commandments and his judgment and his statutes which I have commanded thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and our full and hast built godly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and gold is multiplied and all thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Amen. And the human nature is to forget God. So sometimes you go through these economic crises. Believe me, I've been there. I never left God. Though. I, I think I got to the floor a little harder. That's all. I'm not leaving God. I'm sorry. Amen. I learned something in my ministries that i will be going through things, I think, for other people. Because when I come out of it, I have a testimony. I have a testimony. I can say, yeah, I know you're going through that. I went through that too, but listen to what happened. If you stick to the program, though. No. You got to stick to the program, though. No. You can't deviate to the left or to the right. You got to stay with the program at all costs. You know, I had a tax bill of 70000 right, babe? 70000 I ain't have seven. I ain't have seven cents. Seventy thousand? Are you kidding me? I'm about to have me a prison ministry. I am because I don't have seventy thousand dollars. I don't have it. But I had a word. All I had was when Jesus owed taxes, he told him to go fish, and the first fish to come out, take the money out and pay taxes. I said, Lord. You pay Jesus taxes when he's in the earth realm. You are the same guy I need my taxes paid. We went back to our tax place. He said, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I said, I do. I do. That tax bill was gone, baby. It was gone. God is good, y'all. Woo, God is good. I think I did me a little, I can't even dance, y'all, but I did me a little, woo. God is good. God is so faithful. God is faithful, y'all. Woo! God is faithful. Man, I'm telling you, you may go through a storm, but God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted or tested above measure. But there's always an escape route. Just go through it. Woo! Just go through it. Let's stand up and pray. Woo! I'm getting a little happy here. Bless God. Thank you, Jesus.
0: Hallelujah, I agree with Pastor Edward Anderson. God is good. Today's message was titled Mammon Must Fall by Pastor Edward Anderson. For more information about Abundant Life Worship Center, please feel free to check out our website at AbundantLifeWorship.net. On the site, you'll find more information about us, our church and events calendar, and other messages like this by myself and by any of our associate pastors here at Abundant Life Worship Center. Once again, the site is AbundantLifeWorship.net. Now, you can also find us on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash AbundantLifeWorship.net. Now, God bless, and we look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. Until then, I want you to remember that Jesus came to give you life, and that more abundantly.